Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. Our Sunday services have now moved online and you can tune in every week for worship, prayer and our weekly sermon by going to christchurchlondon.org forward slash church hyphen at hyphen home. We're now going to hear the talk from this week's Church at Home service. Well, hello everyone. Um, As has been mentioned, my name is Hannah. Um, I would usually be in Stockwell on a Sunday, but it's wonderful to be with you all in this way through church at home, though I'm missing many of you very much. Um, I hope you're really enjoying these summer months and the summer weather we're experiencing. Uh, Just to warn you though, I am heavily pregnant, out of shot, but very much a reality for me. And um, I, yeah, I'm very hot. And so if I become out of breath or get shinier than one would expect, um, please forgive me. Thank you for that grace. Um, We will be continuing our series today in Hebrews 11. So as has been mentioned many times, Hebrews 11 is a chapter in the Bible, which is all about people who have uh, lived by faith and done things for God by faith. And in that chapter, they're kind of commended um, for their faith. And so throughout this series, what we've been doing is each week, uh, we look at one of the stories that's mentioned in Hebrews 11 and try to draw out of it how that person lived by faith. We draw out from that story in that person's life um, and try to learn from it how we as uh, people and as a church community can live by faith as well. So today we're looking at Hebrews 11 verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. Now, this is referring to uh, the story of uh, when the Israelites uh, marched around Jericho uh, seven times under the leadership of Joshua. We find the story in the book of Joshua, particularly in chapter six. Um, So that's where we're going to be today. That's where we're going to be drawing our lessons from and inspiration from. Um, So um, to give you a little bit of context uh, into what is going on at this point, well, we've heard a lot of the preceding stories throughout the last few weeks. But basically, back with Abraham, God had promised his people a land. So there was a promised land that they were waiting to enter and to live in. Um, We see Moses take the people of God out of Egypt, you heard last week from Liam, and lead the people into the wilderness. Uh, They never actually physically enter the promised land under Moses' leadership. Uh, He dies, unfortunately, before that happens. Um, And as Moses has died, um, Joshua is commissioned as the new leader um, of the Israelites to lead them physically into the promised land. So excitingly, that's where our story picks up today, is Joshua leading the people into the promised land for the first time. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to read a small passage from Joshua 1, just to give us some of that context of what God had promised to Joshua specifically and promised to the people through Joshua. And then we're going to read a little bit as well from Joshua 6, where we see the story of the fall of the wall of Jericho, the walls of Jericho. So picking up in Joshua 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. 
Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the river Jordan into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised to Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Then skipping over into Joshua 6, starting at verse 1. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horn in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priest and said to them, take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And they did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on the day they circled the city seven times. The seventh time round, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. When the trumpet sounded and the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city. Now, to me, what this is, is a story of a faith battle. And what I mean by a faith battle is it's a story about someone having a promise from God that they would take the city, that they would be victorious, that no one would be able to come against them, that God would always be with them and bring in the victory for them. And they're waiting to see that come about. And all that middle bit where you don't know for sure what's going to happen or you can't see it with your eyes yet, but you're waiting and you have to trust that it's going to come about. In Joshua 1, that is what God promises to Joshua and his people. And he says, be strong and courageous and don't be discouraged. And Joshua was obedient to what God told him to do. He was obedient to follow the very strange instructions which God gave them, which in some ways must have made no sense to Joshua and the people. But interestingly, it's just through obedience. It's through obedience and trust in God that they ultimately see victory. They didn't doubt. They didn't veer to the left or to the right. They didn't fall apart and get discouraged. They just trusted what God had said he'd do, 
and obeyed the steps that he had given them to take. Now, this isn't just a story, an ancient story about the Israelites. This is actually a story for you and for me, for all of us today, because all of us carry promises from God. If you follow Jesus, if you've committed your life to God, then God has specific promises over your life. In fact, you know, if you open the Bible, it is full of promises which you can claim for your own life and you can hold on to. And also, many of us will have promises that are um, very personal to us, perhaps whispers we felt God has dropped into our hearts about our lives and what he wants us to do for him. Or it might be that someone else has prayed for you and felt something of a whisper of God over your life and shared with you what they believe God wants to do. Whoever you are, if you follow God, God has plans and purposes and promises for you. Now, um, there's a story I heard a few years ago, uh, which just really impacted me. And it's a story of someone with a promise from God and kind of living out a faith battle in our day and age and seeing God faithful to his promise. And it's a story about a man called Ken Helser. It's on YouTube and it's, it's really inspiring. It's um, He talks about how through the 60s and 70s, he um, did a lot of drugs, was married and was unfaithful to his wife. Um, but him and his wife had an experience of God um, and became utterly convinced of the reality um, and power of Jesus Christ in the gospel and had their lives completely turned around by that. Um, so they were living a, a happy life with two daughters, um, didn't want any more children, uh, were really happy until one day the wife found out she had um, cancer of her uterus. Uh, the doctors told her she needed to have a hysterectomy, have her uterus removed as soon as possible. Now, at the same time, um, they knew a man who was particularly devoted to prayer and would pray for the pray for the world, pray for the church, pray for other people, and would often sense whispers from God for them. And uh, one day this man, during this season of them waiting for this hysterectomy, um, obviously a very scary and upsetting season of their family's life, um, he gets a call, Ken gets a call from this guy, and he says, uh, who's not aware of the situation, says, Ken, I, I need to meet up with you. I feel like God has spoken to me for you. So they meet up and the guy shares with Ken that he feels, he has a strong sense that God has said that he wants to give Ken and his family a, a son, a boy, and they are to call him Jonathan David, and that this boy would go on to write music and songs which would uh, go all across the earth um, and be hugely influential in his generation for God's kingdom. So obviously, you know, given the circumstances, he's like, Okay, goes home, shares it with his wife, and they just find that really resonates. They find their hearts are all of a sudden uh, desiring this boy, the son, um, out of nowhere. And uh, they start praying for her healing very simply, just, Jesus, would you come and pray, um, heal her womb? 
and they go back to the doctor and they, they say, would you do another test before you perform this hysterectomy? And miraculously, she's completely healed of the cancer. They get pregnant shortly later and they have a little boy and they call him Jonathan David. Um, now he's not interested in music at all throughout his childhood, teenage years, is really into sports, not, not interested in the slightest in music. Um, until he's about 19 years old and he asks his dad, hey, dad, don't you have a guitar? Would you teach me some chords? And um, he then goes on with his wife, Melissa Helser. They have written some of the most beautiful and influential songs in church and Christian music. In fact, we sing many of them on a Sunday. If you look them up, you'll recognize many, many of the songs. And they really have impacted his generation. But I love that story because um, it's a story of someone who had a, a promise and seemed so unlikely. So the metaphorical walls of Jericho were very tall and very strong. But Ken trusted in God. He says that he trusted that God had spoken. He trusted in that promise. And ultimately, not through anything that he did, but simply waiting, praying, doing what it was that he felt God was saying to do next um, through obedience, saw God do something supernatural, saw God bring about a victory and a fulfillment of the promise. Now, I don't know about you, but if you hear a story like that, it's quite easy to think, oh, you know, that happens to a few people. They're really lucky. I wish that would happen to me. But actually, in the last few years and um, when I hear stories like that, I often feel like God is saying to me and saying to us, he actually desires um, uh, things like that for all of us. God has purposes and destiny and things for us to do for his kingdom for every single one of us. In fact, I really believe that God desires that we would live with a sense of that kind of purpose, that kind of inheritance, that kind of destiny far more than we hope that that would be the case. Um, but often he's teaching us to trust and obey. He's not teaching us to be smarter, to be wiser, to be um, more clever, to be more skillful. I think often what God wants of his people is that they could trust and obey, not be discouraged, not fret, like I so often do, not doubt that God wants to do anything with us, but rather who are confident that God is good, that God loves us, that God loves this world and wants to use our lives to bless the world around us. And he also desires that each one of us have this experience of um, seeing the walls of Jericho that we have crumble. He desires for each one of us in our trust and obedience to see miraculous, supernatural, out of the ordinary things come about. It's not for the lucky few. It's not for the few favorites. It's for everyone. It's for you. It's for me. God has promises of life, promises of inheritance, promises of destiny, promises of value and purpose in his kingdom for you. Now, maybe you do have a sense of promises from God that you carry. Um, 
maybe um, a certain Bible verses that just have locked into your heart or someone has shared a word with you that uh, you carry or you have a sense that through your work, your uh, God has certain things for you to accomplish, but you're in that waiting period. I guess like Joshua and his people uh, in those six days where they're going round and round the city, doing the same thing day after day, wondering, gosh, I really hope God will come through. Maybe that's where you're at. And I have certainly been in that place. We probably all have where it can actually start to feel a bit like God is inactive in bringing about his promises and fulfilling his purposes. And I know those times can be really hard and really discouraging. But um, I think it's in exactly those times that we need to open our Bibles and we need to dig into the promises in the Bible. And that's what I have found has helped me in the waiting days, in the waiting years, maybe even the waiting decades for some of us. Just to give you a few examples, you know, you can go to these the promise we find in Joshua 1. Be strong and courageous. Don't be discouraged. God is with you. Another one that I love to dwell on and really hold on to in the hard days is um, a verse from Psalm 145, which says this. It says, the Lord is trustworthy in all he promises. He is faithful in all he does. So when I'm feeling discouraged and like the waiting is going on and on, I go to that verse. The Lord is faithful in all he promises. He is trustworthy in all he does. So even in the waiting, even in the tough times, God is doing something and he's trustworthy in it. And when I go back to the promises, he is faithful to them. Another one I love um, to refer to in the waiting times is that when the difficult times, particularly that God works all things together for the good of those who love him and who've been called according to his purposes. So again, you can look at your circumstances, whatever is going on at the moment, and you can just say um, on this promise that God is working all these things together for my good and ultimately for his glory and for the kingdom of God. I can trust in that. I can hold on to that. So that's what I think it looks like to trust and obey is to hold on to the Bible, hold on to the promises um, and and just be obedient to whatever God is saying to do next. Now, in a moment, we're going to go into a time of worship again. Um, but before we do that, I just want to uh, draw your attention to the fact that uh, the name Joshua in the Bible is actually the same name as Yeshua, Jesus. And it, it has the same meaning, which is God is our salvation. And often Jesus is called the better Joshua because there are so many parallels between actually both Moses and Joshua and Jesus in the stories. And G Joshua leads the Israelites, leads God's people into a physical promise land. But Jesus leads his people into the kingdom of God, into the things of God, into the fulfillment of all the promises of God in the Bible and spoken over our lives. 
He is the better Joshua. He is the kindest, most compassionate and powerful king, leader you could ever dream of. And so in the waiting and in the discouragement and in the tough times, remember to take the hand of your leader, of Jesus, the new Joshua, and allow him to lead you into what he has for you. Maybe as we worship and as I pray, why don't we open up our hearts to, to Jesus and let him again take us by the hand and ask him to encourage us by speaking to us what he has for us in terms of promises and purposes. And as I say, allow him to take your hand and to gently lead you there. I'll pray before we go on to worship. Jesus, I thank you for your leadership and kingship over our lives. I thank you that you have commissioned us um, to go and bring the kingdom of God into all of the earth, into all of life. I thank you it's not restricted to a people group anymore. Your kingdom is not restricted to a certain part of the world, but because of the gospel, because of what Jesus has done, because of your great salvation plan, you call us and you commission us to bring your kingdom into all the earth. And I thank you that you're more excited about that, more willing to do that than we could ever dream of or imagine. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, breathe fresh courage and fresh faith into our hearts today as we worship that you have purposes, you have plans, you have the kingdom for your, your children. Pray as we worship, come rest on us, Holy Spirit, wherever we are, wherever we're watching this from, wherever we're at in our own lives. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this talk from the Christchurch London podcast. To hear other talks or find out more about our Sunday services, head to ChristchurchLondon.org.